0: everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. This is episode number 107. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in today. If this is your first episode, definitely check out, you know, previous episodes. Enjoy this episode. We have so many great guests that come on and share their story and expertise. And we talk about everything from intimacy to mental health and a little bit of everything in between. And I have guests on, like I said, that share their expertise. And then of course, sometimes I have my friends and family on, or I just do a little solo episode. So like I said, definitely check it out. I have had some amazing guests and I'm very excited to introduce today's guest, She is a sex and intimacy coach and she's also the host of Just the Tip on Campus Radio 88.1 and she is also a workshop facilitator. Everyone please welcome Serena to the show. All right everyone, I have Serena here with me. Welcome to My Naked Mindset. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Me too. I'm super excited for our convo and just to get to know more about you and kind of what you do. I would love to start out by asking what are you most excited about that's coming up in your life? Oh, just in general, I'm mm. excited about the summertime.
1: If I'm being completely honest, I'm in my glory in the summertime. I'm like the juiciest and the happiest and like the warmest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just can't wait to like shed some layers and show some skin and like get out and get my sun and feel really good
0: yeah I love love that I feel the same way summertime is where I thrive (laughs) the winter
1: kills me I just feel so gray and and low and I, I work you know you work really hard to kind of keep yourself up and keep moving and keep juicy and do all those things but There's nothing better than like waking up on a beautiful Sunday morning and going outside and feeling the warmth on your skin and just knowing that it's going to be an okay day.
0: (laughs) I agree. I couldn't agree more. I love that so much. Um, So I know you are a sex and intimacy coach. So I would love to kind of hear a little bit more about your background and how you got into that space and what inspired you to be in that space.
1: Yeah, gosh, so many things inspired me to be here. It's a lifelong journey. Like, if I look back, I realize that my whole life I've been excited about human sexuality, human behavior, different paths in psychology and the way that the brain works. And after a little while, after university, I actually became a paramedic for a long time and did that kind of thing instead of the sexuality side of it. Because you know what? I was kind of told that if I was interested in sex, I, there had to be something wrong with me. That's what we're told, right? Right. If you're too interested in sex and something bad must have happened, but that really wasn't the case. So I went into more of a, a bodily like medicine when it came to studying the human body. And then I had some kids. And after I had those kids, it was like a light bulb went off. And I said to myself, I need to follow the path that I knew that I was supposed to be on years ago. So I started doing research into the different training schools that I could go to. There's so many things that I had gathered through the years anyway, being curious about it, but then getting those qualifications to want to help counsel people and coach people mm-hmm. is a little bit of a different story than just like grabbing your girlfriends on a wine night and, you know, talking about blowjobs all the time. So mm-hmm. I did a, I did a somatic sex education course in British Columbia in Canada, and then I studied out of a school in New York, Sex Coach U, and I studied out of a school in, um, I did clinical sexology there, and then I did sex coaching at the Sexology Institute of San Antonio. So after about four or five years, I finally kind of came to a place where I, I knew I was I was getting repetitive training at that point. So I was like, okay, I think I've got definitely those basics down for those qualifications. And now it's just continued learning because, you know, the beautiful thing with a little of my ADHD is that sexuality and sex education changes every day. There's new research all the time.
0: So it just keeps me on my toes a lot. Oh, I love that. And it's true. It's always changing the things that I've learned. Like, I'm also like, it's fun. Like, I've obviously talked about on my podcast, but I also find it really fun that, like, even if me and my girlfriends are talking and like, I can like share some info about like, hey, this is the stat on this, and just like really being able to be a soundboard. Cause I think you always are from my experience you always have that one person or that one friend that like you feel comfortable with like going to them and asking them about xyz hey this happened during my sex with this new guy like is this normal or what have you i think it's so nice and i've personally always been that person and i'm sure same with you like
1: that you know even in high school even like it i can't even I can't even remember when it would have started, but everybody, and to this day, it's not even sex. People come up to me all the time and they'll start talking and halfway through, they'll be like, oh, I I don't tell people this stuff at all. Why am I telling you everything about myself? But I just love hearing everybody's juiciness. Like, it doesn't have to be secrets, but I just love learning about people. So I'm like, please tell me more. When I ask you, how are you? I mean it. Like, I want to hear what's going on. So people are always kind of like, She's the one that I can talk to. She's the one that I can say the words in front of. She's the one that will not judge me for, you know, being upside down when I should have been right side up or (laughs) whatever it is. So, yeah, I loved it.
0: That's awesome. What do you think? I kind of wanted to start out by what do you think like one of the biggest misconceptions of either sexuality or intimacy is?
1: Oh, well, that you're supposed to be good at it right away Thank that's what I think yeah people come yeah. into me all the time in my private practice and and they'll you know they're like there's something wrong with me I'm broken I don't know how to do this or I've never done that or um, you know they'll talk about maybe wanting to be more kinky, let's say and consider themselves again because they haven't tried something or they don't know what something is and I have to tell people or even if they can't orgasm or they want to have a different kind of sex whatever it is I have to say you know you're not you're not born knowing how to be a good lover. You have to learn what that means to be a good lover for yourself. And Mm. then we go and we learn to be a good lover for a different partner. And depending on your partner, it's always going to be different as well. Like just because Mm. something works on partner A doesn't mean it's going to work on partner D. And that doesn't mean that anything is wrong either. So I think it's that you're not born being really good at sex. You really need to continuously be curious and learn about growing
0: yeah and I think that makes sense because it's true it's like when you lose your virginity it's almost like I don't well I I'll be honest I didn't know what the fuck I was doing at first like it was it was just like a a complete learning experience and I think when you were said like you're not like you're not just going to be naturally good at every single thing just like normal things in life like Right. I'm. I like to ski, but I'm not really good at it by mm-hmm. any means. But I still do it because I think it's fun. And yeah. same with sex. It's like... You know that.
1: Yeah, people think your sexuality is kind of well. And I and part of it is because we call it a drive. Too is another part that narrative. The way that we say it's a sex drive, it makes you believe that it's kind of like your your drive for hunger or thirst or sleep. Those things that keep you alive are the drives that we have in our lives. So calling it a sex drive, people think that, oh, if it's not there, it must mean there's something wrong with me because it's supposed to be there all the time. And it's not. It's supposed to wax and wane and, you know, be there with certain times and and, and kind of teeter off some. We got to get other things done in our lives, too. Like we can't we can't always be hot and horny all the time. You know, you've got to got to wave through that a little bit. But understanding Mm -hmm. that it's not there to we're not born with it just happening, we can procreate, but we can't be good lovers if we don't try.
0: I like that. That makes sense. It it makes perfect sense. And I think that is a good thing for people to kind of recognize and realize, you know, like we can learn. And like you said about the different partners, that could not be the more true statement. because It's like, can have sex with one person and they might love something and then the next partner you do it and they're like what the fuck are you doing like I don't right. that doesn't feel good and same with us like someone might do something to us that feels so freaking good and then the next partner tries to do it and it doesn't work the same but I find that I don't know what it's kind of a beautiful thing too though because I think that's when you can really learn so many different things you know with different partners but also learning about yourself like oh I tried out this and I really fucking liked it. But then I tried it out with a different partner and they did this part different. So I really liked that too. So it's, it's almost like a curiosity.
1: know, if we yeah. can keep that curiosity going and just realize that it's like, I call it a pleasure chest. Like if we can keep this pleasure chest of things and we're always gathering little bits of treasure and putting it in our pleasure chest. And then You have Mm -hmm. all of these experiences and they don't always have to be exactly the same. And Mm -hmm. also what ends up happening when you open that curiosity and that acceptance of the differences is that we stop. This is a really big, this is a really big point for me is that we stop judging people on their sexual experience. So like you said, if you have, if I had a partner come in and they did something to me that either I didn't like, or I didn't think was quote good enough. Now, if I have a different concept of what learning how to be a good lover is, then I'm not going to judge them for being a bad lover. I'm going to say to myself, oh, that must be something that worked on somebody else or somewhere or they learned something. But now we need to get to know each other's bodies again because it's we're all so different. And then you stop with the... um well, I call it like, we stop with the man bashing, right? And in, in the groups of girls, like, oh my God, he did this. And, rah, rah, and I didn't like that. I hate that. I really don't like that. You know, I really want people to stop judging everybody in the bedroom and just start being mm. like, hey, he kind of did this. And I that's never happened before. And I have to tell him that this is what I like.
0: And, you know, and know that it's a growth that you have yeah. to go through with your partner. I like that too, because it's like, It can be hard to, and I know some people, like I'm a very open person, I talk about sex on my podcast, like obviously I'm very comfortable with it, but I think some folks that struggle with it like, don't know how to approach something like that, like how do I tell the guy that I'm seeing that what he's doing is not working out for me, so do you have any tips on what you're, like if someone was in that experience, like how they can kind of get comfortable with speaking about X, Y, mm. Z to their partner. Well, sometimes,
1: I mean, like the, the age old thing is, you know, don't talk about it in the bedroom, right? We always say, try to find a space outside of the bedroom to talk about it. But sometimes, you've, sometimes people find it even harder to find the words outside the bedroom. So if it is yeah. outside the bedroom, that's great because then we don't consider it at criticism, right? We're not, we don't feel like we're criticizing. It's not taken as criticism. However, in the moment, I think is a really cool time to have those conversations as well in a different way. So a little tip I like to tell people is kind of narrate what it is you want to happen. So let's say your partner is like going down on you and they're flicking your clit back and forth and you don't really like it back and forth. You can say something like, even if they've never done this for you before, you'll be like, oh, babe, you know, when you flick it up and down, it feels so good. And then they'll think, oh, I've done that before. Okay, I'll do that again. You know, and then there's something. So instead of don't do it sideways, I like it better up and down. Just be like, baby, I love when you lick it up and down. And then that mm-hmm. gives them kind of like this motivation to be like, oh, shit, I must have done that before. I am awesome at what I'm doing. Really? I'm going to do that, again." you know, or, you know, oh, man, baby, I love when you grab my tips like that. Like that feels so good. You know, remember, I, not that I, I'm I'm a proponent of lying or anything i will be like, remember la- last time you touched me so gently right here. And I really love that. And they're going to be like, I don't remember doing that, but they're going to do it. They're going right, to do right. it. Totally. If I was with a guy and he was like, he was like, oh, baby, when you lick my balls, it feels so good. In my head, I'm probably going, I've never licked your balls, but I'm going to. I'm going to do it now. <laughs> right, you know? right. like it, It's not criticism. It's not even feedback, like quote feedback, because sometimes that just sounds so clinical.
0: It's right. just tell
1: me, narrate what you like. And I, I will give
0: that. that to you. I love that so much. Um, I would love to get into some sex education because I think I've talked with this with a couple sex experts, sex coaches, and I find that most people grew up in a very, you know, shame-based, abstinence-based sex ed um, so I would love to kind of get into that and just kind of hear what you think your experience is. Cause I always think that, you know, some people, I mean, I haven't really heard, and I've talked to this about this topic to many folks, and I think it's something that really needs a change. Like, I really, truly think that it needs a change. Like, I think when people speak about sex education, obviously I'm, you know, I don't even know what grade it is fourth grade, fifth grade, somewhere around there um, that it's like, you know, people think it's funny, which obviously your children, it's, it's a, it's tough. But I think that if we're honest, you know, that's kind of your first, maybe your parents talked about it, but that's like your first introduction to puberty, to all of the different things that our bodies do. Um, So I would love to first ask, Did you grow up in a sex positive environment?
1: So I think I grew up in a pretty sex neutral environment, to be honest. My parents never really spoke a lot about sex at all, but I don't really, I mean, I have a couple of very early memories of like being four or five years old, touching myself. Um, And then an aunt of mine actually came over and saw what I was doing and took me and washed my hands. So mm. that I tell that story sometimes when I'm talking about shame but I've I've reevaluated it a little bit and I'm like also hygiene you know maybe we were about to eat dinner I don't know <laughs> right? right so right. but I but I remember that story so it must have played heavily on my head mm. I don't remember ever I grew up catholic you know yep. all the rest like like everybody kind of thing um abstinence was the key you know you, you don't give your body away you make but also I heard you know you got to make them work for it, which I also mm. don't think is a super good narrative for people. Um, you know, I think the underlying message sometimes is a, is meant to be good. Like the intent is there for you mm. to have like self-respect and not, you know, think that you have to do something just because somebody tells you to do it. And sometimes I think that, but it definitely wasn't said that way. Mm. Um, the the way that, you know, when it comes to kids now learning their, I'm sorry, I went off topic. You asked me about mine, but I was just going to go on about the topic of sex in schools is that, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. We need to start telling these children what their body names are, what their body parts are. That's really important. I mean, there's nothing that I hate more than hearing little people call their body parts, something fluffy, Because it's Mm -hmm. so confusing. I heard a story once. It was like an analogy that said, you know, imagine if you told a little girl that her vulva was called a cookie. Okay. Because that's kind of a a, cookie or a butterfly or, you know, a flower or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then some person who's not really nice is like, oh, I like cookies. Do you have a cookie? And she's like, yeah, I have a cookie. They don't know. They're so innocent. So I'm not even going to go on with that story because it gives me the ick, but I think everybody knows where I'm going with that. It's oh, really Lord. important to name your body parts, the thing that they are. So that can start, a, that can start from the day that they can learn how to speak. And there's nothing perverse about that. And I think that's a really big, big point to drive home to new parents is that same penis and vulva and vagina and breasts and testicles is not a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the yeah. first thing. And I think that has a lot to do with with safety, if I'm being right, honest. Right. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. And then the second thing, so moving up through the grades, you know, we do have to learn about puberty. Yeah, we do. But all we learn about is pregnancy, how to not get pregnant, STIs, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. menstruation, you know? And then we learn all about the penis, and nobody knows anything about anything else. So that's a, like, to be honest, I, I tend to stay out of that one, that preteen era. I'm like, mm, I'm going to remove myself from that. I don't really know enough about it. But moving into teenage years, I think that pleasure education is so important. That's where I drive in and I go, we've got to talk to these kids who are coming into their sexual debut. They are coming into this time of their lives where they're feeling these feelings. And stop telling these young girls that it's supposed to hurt. And stop telling them they're supposed to bleed. And stop telling them it's going to hurt or going to not feel good. No, no, it's supposed to feel great. You're supposed to feel great. You are supposed to feel, you know, like you're getting something out of it as well. And when it comes to the the young men who are who are coming in, the same thing. You're not supposed to just uh, push until, you know, until she can take it. You're not supposed to just keep mm-hmm. asking and keep asking and keep asking. Listen to the no. Everybody will get there, you know, and it's not supposed to hurt your partner. You are not. So we always talk about, you know, women's shame. But on the other side of it, these young men, they're told from such a young age that they're supposed, like, quote, supposed to hurt their partners. It's supposed to hurt. That's a lesson that they're learning immediately. And I mean, whether, I mean, it doesn't have to go farther than that, but It's still deep in their DNA that somebody told them that they were a bad person, that that something they were going to do to their partner could hurt Mm -hmm. them, right? That doesn't sit very well with young men either. And then it causes them to have a lot of time about what they do. So I just think that that talking about pleasure in a positive way, and it has been, research has shown that talking about pleasure is what is keeping younger people either A, away from Harmful sex that they don't want to have, or right. B, having more the safest sex that they possibly can have because they have high expectations of what it's supposed to feel like, and I think that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, and I like that when you said pleasure education because I feel like when I learned it, it, you're right, it was all about periods and STIs and you know getting our periods and and what can happen and oh, you're, you, you're going to, if you have sex, you're going to have a baby. And it's just like, it couldn't be, I mean, yes, that can happen. But nine times out of 10, like if you use the precautions and you are safe and you, you know, there's just, there's things that you can do to avoid said abstinence and, and just like the shame that's around us. And we learn this, like you said, from such a young age. And I think it's something that is just like ingrained in our brains. So then when we have sex, we're like, like, I remember the first, this is actually, I, I just remembered this. It was just like a memory. I don't know. Memory unlocked. That's the term. Yeah. I remember the first, or maybe it was the second time I had sex. It was with my high school boyfriend. I remember trying to hide the condom because I was so terrified that anyone would find it. And I don't even think that like my parents would have really cared because they were very, sex positive with me and just like talked like I got on birth control you know when I kind of started to even like before I started to have sex but my mom knew she's like okay Janae's getting into a relationship you know she's around the age of 16 like it's gonna happen so she was like on top of it which I appreciated but I remember trying to hide the condom because I was like oh my god this is so naughty and bad and and it's like that's because it was ingrained in my brain like that you know it's it's really crazy to think about like how, how that system is. And I really think it really needs to be changed and updated. I mean, along with a lot of other things in schools, but. uh, But I mean, think about this on a real basic level. You tell a teenager
1: not to do something. Oh, they're going to do it. Like it doesn't, it never made sense to me. It never made sense to me. It, I mean, that's just basic human behavior. Really, that rebellion in a lot of people. You tell them that they're not supposed to do something. The curiosity is just going to be piqued. That that tension, you know, anything that we repress, we obsess over. That's just how our brains work. It can be from dieting to, you know, uh, I really love hiking and I can't hike on Saturday. Well, all you're going to think about is hiking on Saturday, you know, mm-hmm. because anything that we repress from ourselves, we're going to obsess over. This is exactly what happens sometimes, you know, and safe sex education has A place in every single classroom at every single level every single home and all of those things but if we're not also talking about pleasure and we're constantly inundating these kids with you know it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt what are we Mm -hmm. expecting the their expectations of that to be we need to heighten expectations so that they go oh that actually really sucked um i didn't that at all Or, or even in the moment right they go oh, this isn't how it's supposed to be. I'm going to stop this right now because I don't feel good. Instead of the narrative, it's not supposed to feel good. So then you go, oh, they told me it wasn't supposed to feel good. So I'll just let this keep going. It's the way that we create agency is knowing and keeping those expectations really high for ourselves. And I think that young people need to also be taught that self-pleasure is really important for them, right? The young boys are generally told, told, I say told, but allowed, there's a lot of allowance and permission to do what they need to do through, even through jokes and innuendos and things like that. But there isn't a lot for young women. And I think mm-hmm. that if young women found their pleasure that by themselves and had a lot of agency over that, then they would have very high expectations going into mm-hmm. other encounters and be like, oh, babe, that's not it. This, that's my thigh. You know, it's over here. It's really cool. You want to see it, right? And be able to talk about things like that.
0: Totally. I love that. That makes so much sense. And it's, I mean, pleasure is such an important part of like just growing up and learning about ourselves. Cause I truly believe that if you don't know how to please yourself, then how are you going to incorporate that into, you know, partnered sex? Like, I want to know about my body. I want to know what feels good. I want to explore myself. And then you can use that you know, with your partner and be like, hey, this is really great for me. And this is how I want my clit rubbed or what have you. So I think learning about ourselves is so important. And I think, again, speaking um, to your comment about like the, you know, young boys just being kind of allowed, I think we should also be telling the younger girls like, hey, it's okay. Because I think another part of it is like, like we were taught oh it's dirty and it's bad and why would you want to do that to your body and it's like this overwhelm I just remember like I remember hearing about a girl being fingered probably when I was in middle school and I was like disgusted I was like why would someone want to do that like I didn't understand Mm -hmm. and it's wild to think about that now
1: I have a daughter and I have two sons and, and I haven't gotten to any kind of pleasure education with my daughter yet she's not she's not there yet yeah. um your your kids will let you know when they're there usually yeah. you know with what they're curious about and things like that um but I have I have always called her vulva a vulva and mm-hmm. every, even the boys I mean it's always a big deal in our house and, and I make them go get me tampons and all that kind of stuff just to kind of keep it all like yeah. out in the open I like that. um yeah. but yeah. I have told her and just in passing like I don't use it as a pleasure thing necessarily but I go um you know, you should really take a look at your vulva, like grab your little mirror and take a look at your That's vulva cool, and just make right? sure that everything is good down there. Because if you see anything different, then just let me know. Cause that could be a medical thing, but if not, then it's yours and you can look at it whenever you want. Cause it's, and then when, you know, she's not very, she's a teenager, but a young teenager. Yeah. So i be like, you know, it's kind of hard to see it cause you can't really, you can only see the top of it. And this is how I talk about it. So if you want to see it, get a mirror so that you can look and, you know, look at your parts and see there's, and I'll be I'm like, there's all kinds of pretty parks down there. Like, take a little look and see what's going on. Has she ever? I don't know. Not my business. You know yeah. what I mean? But I, you have to leave it at that, right? You have to be yeah. like, here's the information and then leave it. You know, you're not like, come here, come here let's do this together. No, no, no. Right. Let them go Let them do and do that. it, but just put the allowance out there, right? Mm-hmm. And then that shows them that, oh, you know, a, a grown-up in my life is telling me that that's my body that I'm allowed to own it, that I'm allowed to see it, that I'm allowed to do all these things because society is still telling her that it's going to belong to somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: right, else. right. Right? So that's what society is going to tell her. That's what TikTok is going to tell her. That's what movies are going to tell her. That's what all, and there, there's a lot of that. And parents can only, we can only do so much. So our voices have to be as loud as they can when we can do it. So I tell mm-hmm. her that it's hers. She can do what she likes with it. That's, you know, yours to take a look at. And then hopefully she develops that sense of, well, already I'll walk over and I'll give her a hug. And she goes, my body, my choice, mom. And I'm like, oh, I just want a hug.
0: <laughs> no, but, and I think. But I get it. Right, right. And I think you being so, I mean, I'm a very open person. And I like, if I had children, I would be the same way. Just be transparent because then you're right. They will understand, okay, this is an okay thing to do my parent is saying xyz this is this is something that's normal and you're putting it in their perspective of like in her brain she's like oh okay like this is fine this is normal like I can do this is my body like I own this and I think that probably I I assume I'm not speaking for your daughter but I I assume she probably feels comfortable with that and I think I would hope so I mean um, I'm
1: still her mom and moms are still not cool at all so like Mm -hmm.
0: I was like she might not listen to me all. <laughs> you're like I'm a cool mom actually <laughs> I know, think I, I... I mean I think you are too hell yeah I just I just love that and I think just being transparent because I always find that with my stricter friends parents they always rebelled and so yeah. my family was or my parents were always like very honest and I was very honest and open with them and they let me do what I want because I was responsible I yeah. told them what I was doing, and that just created this sense of, like, the honesty and just, like, yeah, they were just really transparent with me, and I was with them, so I love that. Um, what do you think, if you could name, top like, the top three things we should learn in sex ed, what, what would they be?
1: Oh, um... I think, well, I mean, aside from like safe sex practices, because I think that's the biggest thing, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, I think pleasure education is top, top. I think that girls specifically, I think everybody needs to know how to please a clitoris. You need to know that it exists. You need to know what it looks like. You need to know that the entire structure is massive. That's a huge thing, I think. Um, And I also think that um people with penises like they need to understand and they also need to learn that they have a little bit more control over themselves than people are telling them that they do so that they don't have to feel victim to every boner that they get and every every feeling that they get and you know all of that because that's another narrative that's put down you know through the ages and i think that's really devastating to a lot of boys that they have to work and they have their bodies need to work All the time and constant. I think they need to learn that porn is entertainment. I always tell people. I go you know what. Porn is like watching the Fast and the Furious. And you don't watch the Fast and Furious to learn how to drive. You don't watch porn to learn how to have sex. So that's not where you're going to get your sex at. So clits. Mm. And that your dicks are not going to work like that all the time.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Genius. Genius. I love it. Definitely want to segue a little bit here into worshiping the penis because I think this is something that my listeners are going to be so intrigued about so let's kind of dive into that a little bit and what that means if someone is kind of not aware of what that means
1: all right so I call it cock worship and I love cock worship so there's so many amazing things gosh this could be like four hours we could talk about this so many amazing things happen when we have people who want to please a cock, okay? Because another thing that we've learned or, and been kind of taught is that it's supposed to be gross and dirty and putting it in your mouth is bad and, you know, you just want to get it done and over with and all this kind of stuff. But I think that, you know, as a person who likes to please a cock, if you can really settle in to the absolute reverence of worshiping that person. So many amazing things happen, not just for that person. And I think like that's the biggest deal. When people hear me talk about cock worship, they think it's all about the person who's getting the worship. But it's really about giving that as well and sitting and understanding how your body is gonna open up to that. So, you know, cock worship is basically, instead of just like giving the hand job and giving the blow job and doing the thing really quickly to get from point A to coming, right? You really just kind of take it I say to people who have pussies all the time, I go, you need to treat the cock the way you want them to treat your pussy, okay? We get mad and we get pissed when they treat our pussies like they treat their cocks, okay? Fast and furious, right? They just want to like get in there and get out. We get so mad. We make fun of them all the time. I say, now, how would you, how do you want your pussy touched? You want to touch slow. You want to be accepted. You want it to be revered. You want it to be adored. You want it to be tasted and savored and for somebody to take the time, you know, and say, you know, you don't have to go anywhere, baby. There's no time frame. I'm just going to do this for you. And I want to make you feel amazing. That's what we need to take and bring to our partners who have and sit with them and let them know that you don't have to perform right now. You don't even have to be hard right now. We can do this with soft talk. It's amazing. Give you a hand job. Give you a blow job. Use my tongue. Use my breath. Slow down and breathe and just allow that person for maybe one of the first times in their whole lives not feel like they need to perform and not Mm -hmm. feel like they need to get from point A to point, you know, coming for any reason at all. And within that, A, comes a lot of, I'm going to use the word power, but I don't mean that in like a domineering way. I just mean it in, in a really, you know, if, if I'm a fe- like if I'm feminine and I'm doing this with a person with a cock, it it's a really feminine practice to kind of worship that person that you're with and allow them that space to relax. Even when I talk about it, I slow down and I just, you know, I speak about it differently. My body moves differently. Our mouths, especially if we're doing this worship with our mouths, People don't like giving blowjobs because in porn, you're being deep-throated and gagged all the time. And that is not what oral worship has to be like. It can be. We can be face fucked and Holy oh, Lomit too. <laughs> but like, that's not what it necessarily means. You use your tongue and your breath and you relax and you allow your throat to open. And, you know, we could get into the fact that like our throat and our pelvis are connected. And there, there's energy centers in there that are going to be stimulated and kind of worked. There's a lot of women out there who will tell you that once they get a cock in their mouth, their pussy wakes up and it's kind of like, yes, we love this. And they can get off that way. And if I think if a lot more people understood that they could slow down and instead mm-hmm. of it being done to them, they can be the people giving the worship, then I don't know, I think a lot more pleasure can
0: Wow, I love this, and I think that is so true. I think a lot of people, I mean, I've definitely speeded up the process. Like, but I think that slowing down, and I think even yeah. in general, like foreplay. I think when foreplay is speeded up and f- too fast, it's like, whoa, I'm not ready yet. I need. I I'm like a slow cooker. Like, you get a, yeah. you get a, get get the. secretions going make sure that I'm relaxed like make sure my body feels good um so I I I think that this is actually something that a lot of people can utilize in their relationships or whatever whatever they got going on and really taking the time to slow down and really I like when you said like you don't need to perform because I think that sometimes we think like oh this has to be a show like this has to be like crazy and wild and
1: often so often one of the biggest thing people come to me and you know they say well you know I especially men honest to god they will come to me and they will say I think I have uh delayed ejaculation problems and I go okay why and they go Mm -hmm. well I I come I can't come at all and we'll talk about what their sex looks like and it's like a jackhammer and they think Mm -hmm. that the faster that they go they need to go faster or that their partner's not getting off and they need to do more and and it's it's everybody We don't realize, we've not been told that if you actually ease off, you're going to get farther. If you slow down and you do less, you will get farther than if you were just smashing it all the time. Think about the language that we use smashing pussy, railing, you know, killing it, like doing all these things. We've got to remove that language unless you like it, because that's cool too. (laughs) So, disclaimer (laughs) that (laughs) has its own space. But like, if we're talking about slowing things down, remove that language and use words like worship, reverent, adore, adorn, you know, devote, devour, use different language when you want to have a different experience, right? So instead mm-hmm. of just like deep throating a cock, think to yourself, you know, I'm going to devour you right now. I'm going to slow you down. I'm going to edge you uh, like all, uh, like for an hour or more and just let you relax into that. That can, it can look like um, a massage to start, you know, like I usually, when mm-hmm. we're doing walk through cock worship, it starts with a full body massage, just a very beautiful, gentle massage and relax your partner there. there, You'd be amazed. It's, and it's both parties, everybody involved, um, anybody at all any genitalia at all but we hold so much stress and tension in our day and then we go into sex and we want it to be this beautiful expansive experience but we can't because our nervous systems are on high alert all the time think about when you go in to get a massage like a professional massage it takes you like what 10-15 minutes sometimes to actually settle your body into feeling that you know your head is still running what do i have to do after this your body's still tense And there comes a moment where you just release and you go, and then you think, oh, I hope this isn't over soon. You know, like I want this to continue. Imagine if we could get our bodies to that state before we start giving each other pleasure, relax each other, kiss, be really slow, make out, rub their legs, rub their balls, rub their, their, their pelvis area, right? Their lower belly, places that are never really touched. We go, usually we go straight from like men's mouths to their dick and we, everything else is, we don't don't think that it matters. Right. Even for us women, we go, no, you've got to kiss my neck and my tits are there. And, you know, so we've got a couple of little pleasure pathways to go, but for the dudes, it's like, kiss, kiss, kiss. And then you just go and you go down on them. Right. Imagine if we could just build their tension a little bit, relax Mm. them a little bit. What you might find, some guys go, well, if if you do that, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to blow. But what they don't realize is that if you let yourself just go over that edge a little bit, you'll relax into it and be able to take more and go longer and kind of edge yourself a little bit more and edge yourself a little bit more. Breath work is really important when it comes to doing talk worship, not only from the receiver, but also the giver. If we, as the givers of this, are like, you know, massage, 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 and then go down and we'll put it in our mouths and we're using our hands and we're all like chaotic in our energy. They're going to be chaotic in their energy too. But if you take the lead within this power I was talking about to relax your partner, to relax your man and allow him that space to go, then your breath and your energy will get kind of put onto him. He will relax into it. And now all of a sudden you're in this really expansive place of pleasure and it has less to do with coming and way more to do with the sensations that are happening in the moment that can be you know we're not even talking specifics here but that could be a hand job it can be a blow job it can be tickling his balls it can be rubbing his thighs it doesn't there's not it's not rocket science you know like cock worship is not necessarily a specific technique it's whatever really works for your partner now there are hand techniques and mouth techniques that you can learn I mean they're fun to learn but the general idea is to just kind of be
0: really slow. I love it. And I think people can can really take this and and bring it into their sex life and really try something new. Because I'm a huge advocate on like spicing it up, trying different things. Like just trying out different things really can just make it so much more exciting like if you're in a lull or you're kind of like oh my god we do the same position when we start I've just heard so many people kind of in like a routine and they're like oh my gosh how do I get out of this and I always suggest like I love to buy the led lights and put them like around my bed frame for instance and every single light is a different vibe and that's something that I always suggest to my friends or you know just really anyone because I think when we try something new, it's just is so fun and exciting, and you're like, "Oh my god, what's going to happen next?" So this is kind of something I think a lot of my listeners can use and try out. And if you do try it out, please let us know because I let want to know. Yes,
1: and that's the thing when we try out new things, you know, everybody thinks you have to do more, right? right. More, faster, harder, right? So you go spice mm-hmm. it up, like even that language, it's it's yeah. do more, go faster. Spice it up, you know, try something new, get kinky, like all those things. But imagine if you pulled back on those things a minute, put the Mm -hmm. handcuffs away, put the blindfolds away, light the candles, turn on the LED lights, put a little music on in the background, something you like. If you're the if you're the giver, put on music that you like, because what you'll find is that if you slow down enough, you'll actually start dancing to this music within your sex. Okay, Mm -hmm. you'll start touching your partner to the beat of the music that you really love. Slow down the music. Let's not put on the bangers right now, right? I mean, there's a time mm-hmm. and a place for the bangers. <laughs> a little more sensual, a little more juicy and heavy and deep, right? And then you mm-hmm. get to kind of move. So, you know, we think that we have the basics, but imagine if we kind of even went backwards from the basics. So instead of just the blowjob with the blindfold, with the, you know, the fancy lingerie and the vibrator, okay, that that's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Imagine if you strip all of that away and you focused on, quote, spicing it up by slowing it down. Take Mm -hmm. everything away, take all of the expectations away, take the expectations for orgasm away, everything, and just see how long you can keep your partner from coming. That's Mm -hmm. a mindset, right? How long can I keep you in pleasure without? Us coming another little game that I like to play when it comes to cock worship but when you're getting to the end of it and you do want to maybe move into like having sex is playing just the tip and that's what all of my brand is called all of my workshops everything I do is called just the tip with Serena Haynes and it's literally get on top of your partner just put the tip in and sit there and play a little game who can stay still the longest oh. who can just the tip in for the longest
0: is so hot i need to do this like tonight
1: (laughs) really because like we don't do that right it's like right in right away no matter what and you can do this both ways so if you get on top you try it and you have to like kind of sit down but just put the tip in and see how long we can stay there get in a comfy position we don't want your thighs jumping get on your knees (laughs) get on your knees none of this Foolishness, like in the in the in the music videos, as the kids say, none of that silliness. Get on your knees, get really comfy, put some pillows up, do what you've got to do that you can hover with just the tip mm-hmm. in. Then the next time you do it, or later on, flip over, get a missionary or doggy or whatever it is, and have them be in control of just the tip, and see how long you guys can last. Something really. Really amazing happens if you've never tried this before. If you've tried it, you know exactly what I'm about to say. If you've never tried this before, something amazing really happens with your pussy when you have the tip, just the tip of a penis in there. You start feeling her start to pulse and pull and just beg for it. There is nothing hotter for you as the as the person with the pussy to have your body begging for penetration just Mm. asking for it right it's not often that we get that we don't receive often we're generally Mm. penetrated right so Mm. imagine if you invite it you change the narrative in your head and your body starts asking for it every cell in your body has a boner I swear to god it's the most amazing Mm. thing yeah so try
0: it slow down give it a shot (laughs) No, I want to try it tonight too now I'm like, oh, <laughs> this it. is like this is first of all genius just the tip fucking love that love that so much but when my pussy pulses that is like another level of yeah. just amazingness like when that happens like my whole body is like it's I can't even actually describe it because when that happens to me, I go fucking nuts. Cause it's, yeah. it's really incredible feeling. It's like, wow, my body is like really relaxed and feeling so much pleasure right now.
1: And we can't feel that with all the movement that generally happens in sex, right? They can't feel that either. And they can't feel their penis is doing the same thing. And even when you're getting fingered, you know, how many times, and I don't know if people can see me, but like How many times is it like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth? Come hither, come hither. Like in the porn, you're bouncing around, your tits are hitting your chin. Like, I'm like, babe, slow down. Like, what are you? You're stuffing a turkey. I can't feel anything. I feel nothing. Some people do. Don't get me wrong. Everybody, we don't yuck anybody's yum. Some people love that. Right. So for me, I'm just like, I don't feel that. That just feels like you're literally just stuffing me right now for your own sake. Sometimes it's hot. Don't get me wrong. Of course, sometimes it's hot. like put the fingers in put the fingers in just the tip one or two knuckles and just so you know how we talk all the time about that come hither motion on the g spot
0: absolutely put your
1: fingers in and just prick your fingers up into a little like you and hold it there hold on the g spot like you're pushing a button and just push Mm -hmm. it and push it and push it and just see what happens to your body because if you start breathing really deep your body will respond to that in a different way, maybe not better, maybe not worse, but different. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a really curious, fun place to explore some new pleasure.
0: Wow! Yeah. Well, you just blew my mind with all this amazing information. I fucking love it. I can't wait to try this stuff. And also, like I said, if you are listening to this and you're like, mm, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this," please send me a DM. Even if you need to do an anonymous email. I will put in my link. Please let us know if you try this stuff, because I think when you learn something and you try it, I mean, I always love to hear my listener stories like, hey, I tried this like I get so excited. And also, if you are wanting to introduce this to your partner, you can I always say this, you can always blame me. You can say, hey, I was listening to this podcast and she was talking about X, Y, Z with her guest. And yeah, blame it on me. I don't care. I do that all the time. I'm like,
1: that's why you need, that's why the couples, you need to come into a sex coach sometimes because I can just be that mediator, you know, exactly. or come to me and then go home and be like, the sex coach said that we should try this. The sex coach said that we should do that. It's such an easy way, guys. <laughs> it's such an easy out to get something that you really want.
0: Oh my God. I love this so, so much. Um, I think I'm going to ask you one more question and then we can kind of get into the game. Um, what is your top tip for maintaining a fun sex life? That's probably a hard question.
1: Well, I think that, so I think the top tip for maintaining any sex life is continued physical contact. So you need to keep touching your partners. We need to do kisses without the expectation of sex. We need to do makeout sessions without the expectation of sex, because what that'll do for you is it will keep your sensual idol running. Any of you, regardless of who you are, you'll just constantly be in this state of turn on. And I don't mean like you can't go to work because you're so horny. I just mean like juiciness, you know, like this constant state of turn on and trust that when you go into the sex that you're going to have, that it can be what you want. You know, make sure that you're having the sex that you want is a really big deal. But for partners, make sure that you are doing a six second kiss every single day and that you make out at least once or twice a week without the expectation of sex. And just watch how horny you naturally become to want to have the full thing because you're teasing yourself all the time. Give yourself Mm -hmm. that tease and we need that physical contact for tease. So I think that's a really important thing. And then to do date nights and create rituals. I mean, like, that's just my go-to. You have to keep dating each other, regardless of how long you've been together. There has to be
0: something. Wow. That was beautiful. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Um, Any last thoughts before we get into our game?
1: Well, not really. Just, I want everybody to breathe really deep all the time. Just breathe really deep all the time in your sex. Love. we breathe really quickly uh, we breathe really fast right so we're like (laughs) all the time a big like one of the biggest tips that you can do for yourself is to just when you feel that pleasure coming and building up through your body take a deep breath and Mm -hmm. just slow yourself down and be really curious about how you can find that pleasure for yourself
0: breathing is so so important and i love that like when you're like really hot and heavy like take a deep breath that love that slow it down slow it down (laughs) that's so good so good all right you ready for our game this is a um i'm excited in some some sexual options in here so i think it will be fun all right so the first one is are you an early riser or night owl i am neither
1: I'm so, I'm such an old woman. I get up at 10 and I want to go to bed by eight. Hey. No, but I think night owl. No, I think if I had to choose, I would definitely be a night owl. I love, I love every, you know, when people say like nothing good happens after midnight. I'm like, oh no, no, no. All of the good things happen after midnight. All of the good things. Yeah. So I'm definitely a night
0: owl. Totally agree. Cake or cookies? Cookies. Cookies. Yeah. yeah. Would you rather have the ability to talk to animals or the ability to control weather?
1: Talk to animals,
0: talk to animals. for sure. I want them to look at me and be like,
1: "Stupid human, what <laughs> are you? Do- <laughs> <laughs> we live in trees. They're awesome. What are you doing?" That's. I know. <laughs> I know they think you are
0: idiots, man. That's so funny. I know. I always yeah. wonder what my dog thinks. Like she's probably. like mom what are you doing like
1: (laughs) I think about like like, the animals out in the forest I go for hikes a lot and I hang out in the woods a lot and the squirrels get really angry when I stay in one spot for too long right you can hear that they're protecting whatever they're doing and I talk to them I go guys it's okay I'm not gonna like take your babies like relax that's so funny that's so funny
0: uh morning sex or night sex
1: morning sex I cannot sleep after I have sex. I can't. Yeah. I'm so riled up and energized that anytime that I do it in the evenings, that's it. I'm just lying in bed wide awake.
0: Yeah. That happens to me sometimes too. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, The next one is, would you rather wear ball gowns every day for the rest of your life or wear swimwear every single day for the rest of your life? Oh my God. I live in Canada, so like it gets cold. Oh, true. That is
1: true. But do you know what? You know what? Though, if that had no factor, I would say swimwear. I, I feel do. like and and but like loose swimwear. I'd faster be naked every day, always.
0: I got you. Mm-hmm. Sex toys only, or oral sex only. Oh.
1: Oral only. Mm. Yeah. Does it last longer? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Your toys yeah. can die. <laughs> nice <sir. laughs> The sex though, I'd be done yeah. in a second. I'd be exhausted
0: my right? whole life. I know, that's so true. Would you rather live in the Playboy mansion or live in a strip club? Like a fancy one. Ooh, like a fancy one
1: like a fancy one not like the one on the side of the highway right, right. no the mansion yeah give me the mansion I'll take the grotto and the girl mm-hmm. the whatever mm-hmm. day, yeah. love it love it
0: would you rather accidentally send a nude or a dirty sex to one of your family members or your boss
1: oh my boss a hundred percent yeah like oh yeah no if I said something like unless it was my sister but like any other family member not a chance no I'd be mortified
0: totally fair totally yeah. fair um online shopping or in-person shopping online mm-hmm. I would
1: rather try the jeans on at home and be really pissed off and go eat the cookies than be in the dressing room and feel like shit and have to like walk mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not a very positive way of looking at it but that's where no. my head but
0: I was I totally like oh get
1: I like taking it home unpacking oh I love unboxing things and like getting in the mirror and trying on all the different things and taking your time yeah
0: I, I love that too and you can like try on different things with said jeans like getting your shoes is. all the
1: shoes that you need because it's the shoes make the outfit sometimes so like it's so annoying when you're in
0: the stores yeah that is so true I love that I love that outlook it makes sense to me um, would you rather have an orgy with all strangers or an orgy with all people you know
1: Ooh, that's a good one yeah. I think people that I know yeah. and I don't have to know them well but I just think that that would be so funny and right. hilarious you know like well, I think it would just be like Jean across the street or something and be like oh girl you a freak you know like I think that
0: would be more funny yeah I fucking love that that's that's that yeah I have to agree with you yeah um would you rather travel somewhere new or somewhere familiar new oh new
1: Mm. yeah there's nothing I love better than the like the unknown it just Mm. throws you in the present moment you have no choice but be in the present moment all the time you're like what's gonna happen now that's so exciting yeah I like that too
0: Would you rather live without technology or live without TV, movies, and books?
1: Technology.
0: Technology.
1: Yeah. And I'd give away the TV and movies, too, but don't take my books away. So that's a tough one.
0: Love me some books. Yeah. I'm a bookworm. Let's see. Um, Ocean or the mountains? Ocean. Ocean. Ocean.
1: I get very claustrophobic if I can't see the water. I grew up on an island, and now I live on the coastline, so I'm like I need to be around
0: water. Love that. Sunrise or sunset is the last one. Uh,
1: you know, in my head I go sunset because I'd have a daiquiri, but <laughs> like sunrise and a coffee is pretty nice too. It depends. No, I think I would probably I would be a full 50 50 split on that I think
0: that's fair that's fair yeah oh my gosh well this was a freaking blast let everyone know where they can connect and find you oh
1: god yes so I love when people find me on Instagram so at Serena underscore Haynes on Instagram is the biggest social that I use I've tried to use TikTok and I just can't do it you guys I really wish I could but I'm not an actor and I'm not really good at it Um, And then my website is serenahaynes.com. So you can get all of my offerings and how to work with me there. Um, And then if you want to, every Friday night at nine o'clock on 88.1, we're syndicated worldwide and online. I have a radio show on our campus radio here where I answer all of your questions. And I have an anonymous form on my Instagram where people can come and give me their questions. And then every Friday night I answer those on the radio.
0: Amazing. That's so great. And thank you so much for all of your amazing insights and for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I've been looking forward to it.
0: All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. So much fun talking to Serena and I absolutely loved all of her insights and expertise in this space. So definitely go connect with her. You know where to find me and connect with me and please send me a DM or a question that you might have. And let me know what topics that you'd like to hear on my next episode. My Naked Mindset on all of your social media. My email is my naked mindset podcast at gmail.com. And again, thank you so much for being here and tuning in today. Bye.